Welcome back, everybody, to our Lenten podcast over the book of Isaiah. Uh, as always, I'm Brian Belter here, and my guests joining me today are... Pastor Gimbel. Isaac Conrad. Pastor Meyer. And Shauna Zioko. Thanks for being here, everybody. we got a full boat today, so hopefully we'll get a lot of good insights and good discussion going, but you never know where this train's going to go. <laughs> That's uh, one way to put it. It is. It's the nicest way I could put it. Uh, today we're going to put be reading from uh, Isaiah chapter 55, uh, specifically verses 6 through 13. And again, it's out of the ESV. So again, Isaiah 55, verses 6 through 13. Take it away, Pastor Gimbel. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, bringing seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy, and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress, instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle, and it shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. All right. Thank you, everybody. So, initial thoughts, first impressions? It's pretty. <laughs> yeah, there's, there are so many gems in this passage, honestly. Just a lot we could we could jump at. Um, seek the Lord while he may be found, call upon him while he is near. That's just a, a neat thing that we actually have a God that we can turn to and a God that invites us to come to him. Again, comparing this to other religions in the world where God sort of sits up in his you know deity spot somewhere and has everybody sort of uh, in terror and fear because you never know how he's going to react. He's just not approachable in some of those other religions. I'm kind of thinking about Islam specifically. But again, we, we do have a God who invites us to call upon him and have conversation with him. Yeah, it's an yeah. interesting point that um, many, many faiths, many religions, you know, their God is powerful and mighty and sits on high, but that uh, is a very unique Christian um, thing that we, we look at our God as someone who is also close and near and compassionate and caring. So it's a fantastic combination of, of awesomeness. Yeah, just and that another... that whole idea of the compassion that he has. Return to the Lord and you will have compassion. It's very much like the prodigal son returning to his father. We can return to God. And another unique thing about our God that we see is also um, in the next verse where it says, let the wicked forsake his ways and return to the Lord. And what Christianity has that other religions don't have is we don't have a judgmental God that'll uh, give us the 
uh, punishment that we deserve for our wicked ways. He wants us to repent, and he casts that judgment on his son Jesus on the cross so that we can be forgiven. Yeah, absolutely. I also like 8 and 9. Uh, that I think those words are huge for our current context right now. God's thoughts are not our thoughts, neither are God's ways. Well, I'm sorry. My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. I have no idea why God is, is causing this thing to happen, this uh, COVID-19 coronavirus. I can't even speculate on it. So this goes back to Pastor Meyer's good answer. I don't know. It's in God's mind. We'll just leave it there. <laughs> My favorite answer, every time <laughs> I ask, a, uh, I think is a very poignant question. I often get back, I don't know. And I just have to what? accept it. <laughs> what, do you, what do you want me to say? <laughs> well, it's the truth, so I, I'll take it. Well, yeah. I mean, God's got a much bigger brain than me and all of us put together, honestly. So... Hey, 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 speak for yourself. Okay, fine. Except Pastor Meyer. Blasphemy. (laughs) This is where you splice in the idiot line. (laughs) (laughs) But but it is something to think about, you know, this idea of this God who, you know, we don't know what his plans are. We don't know why things are happening as they do, yes. And again the, the sort of talking to the israelites who are like you know what's going on god have you abandoned us and it's no god god's in control here he he knows what's going on and i would rather god take care of things than me take care of things no offense shauna but i agree <laughs> oh no offense taken <laughs> so yeah we see in verse eight that god's thoughts are not our thoughts his ways are not our ways but even more than that In verse 9, his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So it even emphasizes that not only are they different, but they're they're higher, greater, grander, more more amazing than ours can ever be. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I'll say for me as a pastor, I've even begun to kind of speculate as to what some of the good benefits from all this are, you know, from this COVID-19 stuff and um, maybe Pastor Meyer could speak to some of this later too, but I, I feel like we're connecting with a different segment of our congregation that maybe hasn't been as connected before. Um, I feel like for us as a church, it's, I think we'll we'll definitely be better off coming out on the other side of this in, in that way. And then um, even just in a global way too, is that now all of a sudden maybe people can, can tap into and have access to a whole bunch of other resources from churches that are out there and and see how technology can be used as a vehicle for the word of God and the gospel. It's almost like I feel like the world is getting a hard reset, you know, like with a phone or electronic or something where there's that one little button in the back that you have to press to do a hard reset. I feel like that's what's going on here. Is it, it's like a global hard reset on everything. We're just having to start over on a lot of stuff. I know this yeah, comparison's I'm... been made a couple of times. I've heard it, you know, in the media, on the radio, things like that. That, you know, after 9-11, it brought up a, a, a renewed sense of patriotism here in America. People seem to be banded together and ready to take on the world and united. Now, that was, you know, more of an American stirring and feeling. This feels more like a, definitely a global thing, but it's not a sense of patriotism. It's a sense of how are our relationships with other people, how we connect with other people, and I look at a positive that once we come out of this, 
that those relationships are going to change and hopefully be stronger and better than they ever were. And that too translates into our relationship with, with our father as well. Yeah. I feel like for a lot of people, especially after being in this quarantine or not quarantine, but social distancing for so long and not being able to see anyone, a lot of people at the end of this will want to go visit each other a bunch and reconnect with old friends and also people that haven't been able that haven't been able to go to church are going to be eager to go to church because they haven't been able to yeah see that's one thing that i actually had conversation with before all of this is you know i talked to a kind of a young millennial who's probably about the same age i was and wasn't connected to a church and he really didn't feel like there was a need to go to church physically because he basically said well i can learn as much as i need to about god just by going to church online or watching it online. And I just asked the question directly. You know, I said, you know, is there any benefit to actually going to church in person? And he really said, nope, you know, I, I really don't think there is. But I think maybe now through all of this, maybe like what Isaac said, is that maybe people will have the realization that going to church, there is something physically that's going on and being in the same building with other people. And even the Bible talks about it too. And maybe people will just continue to, to flee towards that. And something physical and actual that's going on in church too, specifically with the, the word and sacraments as well. You know, those are very physical, tangible things that the church offers. So it'll be really important for churches to, coming out of this, get social events going very quickly to encourage people to make that connection back again. Like a picnic? Like a picnic. With a like pavilion? A Did I just hear that? L- l- like a picnic <laughs> that Linda Zioko happens to be planning right now, maybe? <laughs> like, yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Well, I think it's an interesting point. And, and I think it actually, like, it gets us back into chapter 55 here in verse 6. Just a small play with the words. Seek the Lord where he may be found. Right? Like, talking about the sacraments, it's it's so utterly important to our life as Christians, both together as the body of Christ and and just our individual life in this world. Like, even if you're like the lone wolf Christian, you know, it's me, Jesus, against the world. You know, that kind of Christian, right? Yeah. You gotta gotta get to the place where he comes to you, right? There is this sense that God's word is sufficient. And, And it truly is, because uh, the power in in baptism and in the Lord's Supper in our small catechism, we even teach it this way, right? The power comes from from the word and faith, and and the physical elements are just the way God communicates an extra an extra way of His His presence, shall we say, um, a physical tangible means by which He delivers grace. But the power is all there in the word. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be baptized. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't go to where he comes to you in his body and blood. There's something to that. There's something to that physical presence and God's promise to be there in those things for your sake and for your forgiveness. So Isaiah reminds us to seek the Lord while he may be found. And, and Jesus even takes that up and, and he he, t- he preaches to the Pharisees, you know, here, here I am right in front of you. Seek me while I may be found because it's only a little while and, and I'm gone. And well, today, 
we have the promise, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But I don't think that that undoes verse 6, right? Seek Jesus where and when he's found. I, I think that's still an important thing. That kind of gets us into verses 10 and 11 as well, showing us what, what can result when the word of the Lord is, is present with us. And that's a really beautiful illustration there, comparing the word of the Lord coming down to the rain and snows from the skies that water and nourish the earth, bring forth good seed and for the sower and bread to those that need to eat. And that is you know, how, how we're illust- Isaiah illustrates here the good things that come from that word on high, that word that's higher than our words, our thoughts that are higher than our thoughts, coming down to us, feeding us spiritually. Can I just say, I'm really, really, really thankful that even in the midst of everything that we're in, we're not also facing famine. Yeah. Like, (laughs) holy cow. Like, God has been actually abundantly good in the fact that there's still provision, right? And and the rains are coming down. Lord knows the rain is coming down because the sunshine is a welcome relief right now. But, I mean, thinking back to to last year or the year before, especially last year with the the torrential flooding, right? And, and honestly, making late plants and late starts in the crops, gosh, as compared to what we have today. Yeah, do we have COVID? Yep. But you know what we do have? An abundant and, and a great start to the spring planting season. So honestly, thank God. Thank God. These two verses are among my favorite verses just because they talk about the power of the word of God. And I'm a big big believer in the the power of God's word and the impact that it has too. And I've actually leaned on the the teaching of these verses in the midst of this COVID situation too. It's been a tricky thing for us as churches when the government says you can't have more than 10 people together in one space. It does limit us from gathering together physically, but you know, we've been trying to leverage technology as best we can to still get the word of God out to people too. And again, banking on that truth in these two verses that the word of God will not return empty. That if we put something out there on the internet, on Facebook or sermon.net or whatever, and people hear it, it's going to have an impact and going to have it for the better too. And it's again, harking forward to the New Testament when it's talking about giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. You know, I automatically think about the parable of the sower and his seed where he's spreading out the word, you know, and the seeds falling on good soil. So it's not just our physical nourishment, it's our spiritual nourishment. Yeah, exactly. And and in that situation too, I mean they just literally grabbed a handful of seed and just literally tossed it out there. So so our our if we put ourselves in the position of the sower as a church because we're the ones casting the word of God out. I think that's one way you can interpret that parable. Then we need to just basically cast that net out as as wide and as far as we possibly can and let God take care of doing the growth and then trust this promise that he's going to make it fruitful. Yeah, and even so God's word in places where it doesn't seem like there will be any use because like even the sower in that parable sowed seed on the path. You know that there's not going to be anything growing on a path. People walk over it and trample it anyway. Like People walk on it and trample it, but the sower still sows seed there anyway. Yeah, so we just talked about God's ways are higher than our ways, so who are we? You know, we say that seed can't grow on that path. God says, well, watch this. Yeah. Yeah. Look at the Apostle Paul, right? 
uh, or a handful of other people. You know, who would have thought God would have taken one of the the harshest Pharisees that killed Christians and turned him to be his instrument to go and proclaim the truth to the nations? I mean, to me, that always says if God can use that, then he can use anybody. So uh, a couple <laughs> of months ago, I've just been fascinated by the, the Kanye West story because I think that kind of ties it in, too. So oh, I, think, I mean, that's the big question. So he's he's a big secular rap artist, but then all of a sudden he comes out story goes that he's converted to Christianity and then makes a Christian album. I feel like the whole world is basically asking themselves, is he really a Christian or is he just doing this to, I don't know, for, for something, putting on a show? I, I don't know. Um... <laughs> he, d- he did just tag team with Joel Osteen, so... <laughs> um, I, I don't know how much is Christianity and how much is ego... Because with him, there there's that constant battle <laughs> of pride. Yeah, but I guess the bigger point is, could it happen? I think we have to all acknowledge that, yeah, it could happen. It, God can it could happen. That the people that uh, even used to stray people away from Christianity, God can still use to go be his messengers. So I, as to this specific case, I'm not sure. I'm more sympathetic toward Kanye than maybe others are. I don't know enough about him, so I'm just giving him the benefit of the doubt. Hey, hey, that's my favorite answer, Isaac. I don't know. Yeah. You stole that. You stole it. So back in Isaiah. <laughs> that's a great segue. It is, right? Just just cut it off and go forward. So what we, uh, we saw there in uh, the last two verses, 10 and 11, we're talking about, you know, the, the word of God coming down to us and, and providing us with, with these great spiritual things, we get to verse 12 and 13, and we get more specifics on what that's going to look like. Yeah, and it looks so good. Trees clapping their hands, that'll be fun. <laughs> okay, I got like, images of like either the Lord of the Rings or Looney Tunes in my head. <laughs> you know, like, anthropomorphized trees, yeah. Hopefully no, not the all, Wizard of Oz. All honestly, though, yeah, I mean, talks about all creation joining forth and singing, and I think that's also, I'm seeing another theme in Isaiah, is a lot of references to even creation itself testifying in some way towards God and his grace and his handiwork. I mean, we, we remember that weeks ago when we talked about Isaiah 11, when we talked about all creation with the cockatrice's den and all that sort of stuff even creation itself was testifying toward it and here's just another instance of that with the mountains and hills breaking forth into singing and the trees of the field clapping their hands well creation has a reason to celebrate too because it is well as humanity will be restored so you know that all creation fell when man fell so all creation is going to be restored as we're restored as well and that's what we see in verse 13 it starts to give some of those specifics that instead of these thorns and oh, briars yeah. and thistles, we'll have cypress and myrtle, which I don't know much about cypress and myrtle, but I assume they're, like, good things to have. It's a good Myrtle's thing. Great yeah, they, they're they're very regal, right? Especially cypress. But, but cypress no. one of those materials that was used in the tabernacle, where you try and, like, import these fancy woods from the world and... Use yeah. the best of the best for the Lord's house. Well, uh, David's castle was even built out of cypress and cedar. I mean, it's it's a it's a very choice wood. 
Um, but even going back to that, Isaac, you, you jogged my memory because in uh, Genesis chapter three, you took my thought, Pastor Meyer. Yeah, sorry, but but Isaac jogged it. It was like right because because what, what does God say to Adam? You're gonna work the ground, and by the sweat of your brow, you'll you'll have bread to eat, which we've already talked about in here, right? Bread bread for the eater. But what will the land do? It'll bring forth thorns and thistles for you, thorns and briars, right? Um, so yeah. so that's the curse that happens because of sin. That is that is the fallenness of creation, and and here it is, here it is undone, right? So, so instead of a thorn, you'll get a cypress, and in, instead of a thistle, you'll have myrtle, right? So this is this is the promise of what Adam has done will be undone, and that's a really wonderful promise too. No kidding. I mean, it's going back to the moment when sin first entered the world, you know, and saying this is, well, we're gonna make this like there's sin never existed. It's kind of what it's alluding to to me with those same two words that are used there. Yeah. The hills are alive with the sound of music. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's literally what it says. Yeah, that, that's what yeah. it's saying, you know? The hills are going to be alive with the sound of music, you know? Julie Andrews was just singing about Isaiah, you know? You know, the original the original first line of that song was, the trees are alive with the sound of clapping, but they changed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think the sound of music is, is much better than hills. But but it is just this renewal of creation. It's And as we're getting close to Easter, we're starting to think about renewal again. Well, yeah, aren't we, though? Because, well, that's Easter, right? Um, it's the, the reason for the season. Yeah, exactly. It's more than the bunnies and the chickies. Yeah, so bringing it back to, you know, our current situation here, again, with this pandemic going on, it, it, it is something to look forward to, to that, that day of celebration that we're finally going to have. And it's going to happen at some point when we can all finally get back together, be reunited, be re- restored as a, as a congregation, as a church. And the, the joy and peace and celebration that's going to be found on that day, oh, I can't wait for it. Can you imagine the parties that people are going to have when the CDC says it's okay again? Yeah, it's both gonna good be and nuts. bad. We've got neighbors <laughs> on our street that like to party as it is, so that's <laughs> not one of the most more pleasant things, but yeah, I'm sure they'll be having some. But, I mean, even at church, though, yeah, like Brian said, I, I just long for that day uh, to see everybody again. It's been nice even on these podcasts just to see your faces even on a screen and talk to you, to be honest. That human connection. So for yeah. those of you out there in podcast land, I'm sitting in the, the cry room at church, or as we have lovingly come to call it, the cockatrice's den. Um, <laughs> so I get the opportunity, and I, I hope not to make anybody jealous with this, but once a week I get to come up here for an hour or two, and when I walk in that door and Pastor Kimball's standing there, huge smile on his face, like, ah, it's somebody else. And just that little bit of a feeling, I can't believe how wonderfully magnified that's going to be when we are all, all back together. Yeah, I'm literally, I was literally the only one here this afternoon at church. So, it, like, the lights all downstairs were dark, thermostats are real low and cold, and, I mean, you hear just one little something and it spooks you out because nobody else is here, but... We have Brian here, and that's cool. And since I'm in my office and he's in the cry room, we have plenty of of social distancing going on. 
There's at but least six I, feet. But then I do get to, I sit here and I look out over our empty, our empty sanctuary with the lights off. And I just, I imagine all those people that I know that sit in those pews every week. And man, I miss them. Yeah, we miss you too, everybody. It's weird doing services with basically nobody else here. Yeah, I feel really bad for Pastor Gimbel. Because all he gets to look at then, when we when we get together for service, all Pastor Gimbel gets to look at is he gets to look up across the chancel at me. <laughs> Think of the cross your senior pastor is bearing, Holy Cross. <laughs> he has to do that. Poor guy. He's shaking his head at me. <laughs> oh, gosh. You know, Pastor Gimble, I'm really thankful you put up with so much of me. I really am. Like, no joke. It's You're very gracious. You are. Well, so are you. You're far too harsh on yourself. Eh, I don't know about that. A little pastoral love fest going on here. Hey. Hey. Yeah, that's exactly what's going on. Team <laughs> ministry. Team ministry, everybody. Well, yeah, on that note, I'd like to say thank you to you guys, though, as well, for all your hard work of trying to adapt to make this uh, this time as successful as possible. I mean, it's not uh, it's not easy for anybody, but thank you so much for plugging away, trying to come up with new ideas to, to keep us together and keep us in the Word. Yeah, thank you. We've got a few new ideas, actually, we'll be rolling out uh, in the future, too. Do yeah. you care to discuss any of those now, or kind of too in the infancy stage right now? Um few in the infancy stage uh, we just had uh, one new video that hopefully by the time you listen to this should have been dropped trying to cater more to our families and preschool kids uh, so hopefully that will continue for the next couple of weeks too and then uh, coming up this weekend we got our palm sunday service we're gonna scale that one back a little bit from what we usually do but then we got some new things coming next week for holy week yeah, for a little inside baseball, getting to hear a little bit of those nuggets uh, as you know the elders and the pastors spoke recently. I'm excited. It's going to be a, a little different, but it'll be uh, it'll be really interesting. So stay stay tuned for that. Check check out those services. Oh, plenty of opportunities coming up in Holy Week. <laughs> yeah, come. We can share. We can share by now. Oh, okay. Hopefully. Side note: Hopefully, by the time this is going live, everybody will have known what's going on too. I'm hoping to get the word out by the time this drops Friday. That'd be that'd be great. That'd be great. So maybe John, you want to re- recap what we're doing here? What recap what we're doing for Holy Week? Here well, we go. Yeah, tell us the Holy Week schedule, Pastor Meyer. So we're gonna start out with Palm Sunday and remember our Lord's triumphal entry into Jerusalem as he boldly sets his face to to go exactly where he was meant to go the entire time. So we'll we'll do that. And then over Holy Week, we're we're kicking around some. Some neat ideas for the early part of the week. Stay tuned for those. Uh, but we will get to Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter. And, and we'll, we'll observe them. Just won't be as awesome of a party. One of the neat things we're going to try this year is an old, old, old school kind of thing. It's called the Treore. Or Treore. Or, I'm not a Latin guy. So, but, um, so, like, you might know. Jesus hung on the cross for three hours. And it was a devotional practice for Christians on Good Friday to meet and consider our Lord's passion for three hours. But it was never kind of like you're supposed to be there the whole time. So we thought, hey, since we're online and, you know, people come and go already as they please watching the online stuff, we'd try it out this year and, and see how, how neat it might be to 
to have that kind of wonderful devotion time looking at that. And of course, it's not going to be like one long, big three hour chunk. Uh, some really interesting stuff as we're, we're putting it together and hoping that it's something you can enjoy. And then ultimately, our big Easter celebration will not happen on Easter Sunday. We'll, we'll remember our Lord's resurrection, his, his coming back to life. But we're going to really just pull out all the stops on that day in which somebody finally says, yeah, you can get back together. We will commemorate the fact that we have now been brought out of the death of social distancing into this new and wonderful life together. And we'll commemorate that by remembering the day on which our Lord came out of the death of sin and was raised again to life. So looking forward to that awesome, awesome party that we're going to have. Yeah, and that's a really cool image, too. Like, as we have, like, uh, by the grace of God, uh, triumphed in this very small way over this pandemic that brings death, Christ has, on Easter, in a much greater way, triumphed over death through his resurrection. Somebody slap Isaac, a collar on this my guy. Sermon. Yeah, I was going to say... <laughs> That's my Easter sermon. Well, thanks, Isaac. Oh, sorry. Now we can't preach that one. <laughs> yeah, we can just cut it out. Uh, Isaac, I love how not that you're the one now. Usually, uh, usually I, I, I'll say a little nugget or something in a, a private discussion or in a smaller Bible study or something, and then I'm sitting there on a Sunday and I hear like my exact words coming from the pulpit, and I go, "What just happened?" So now Isaac gets to join in on that, too. Yay. Hey, steal when you need to steal, beg when you need to beg, and borrow when you need to borrow. That's it. There's, the gospel. there's no, such thing as, gospel. no such thing as stealing in the ministry. It's all borrowing from the same source. Uh, Taking from one source is called plagiarism. Taking from multiple sources is just called good research. <laughs> This guy isn't even in college yet, and he knows the role. <laughs> like, uh. yeah, so it's great to hear all those uh, those wonderful opportunities coming up uh, as we approach Holy Week. I sure can't wait to see, you know, again, those those interesting twists and viewpoints we put on this week in this current situation. And again, like Pastor Meyer said, wow, when we come back together, that is going to be an Easter celebration right there. So I think with that, it's probably a uh, a good wrapping up point. Anybody have anything else they'd like to share with our audience before we uh, we close in a word of prayer today? I'll take that as a no. Any volunteers to pray? Looks like hey, look, Pastor Gimbel raised his hand. <laughs> All right, I'll pray. I'll go ahead and pray. Let us pray. Lord God, our heavenly Father, Lord, again, we entrust everything to you in this situation, and just continue to remind us again that your ways are not our ways, and that our thoughts are not your thoughts. Uh, even in the midst of the way life is right now, just let us bank on that and look to that as a sign of comfort and hope. Lord, we also thank you for the gift of your word and for the power that your word has to go out into all creation and have an effect to cause growth, not only in our lives, but in the lives of all creation. And may we just continue to cling to these promises and these blessings for us in our lives each day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, well, thank you for joining us, everybody. And remember, all of our scripture readings do come from the English Standard Version of the Bible. See you next time.